Welcome back, podcast world. Sorry we missed you for a bit, but we took a little bit of a break to get ready for the return of the annual national matches at Camp Perry. Of course, we missed the event last year, so we're really excited to be in the thick of it again this year. And another extremely important event we've been keeping up with as well is, of course, the Tokyo Olympics. Competitive shooting has always been a part of the Olympic Games since the inaugural Athens Games in 1896. Then it facilitated just five different events, but has grown to 15 over the years in rifle, pistol, and shotgun disciplines. The last Olympics in Rio brought us Ginny Thrasher, who brought home the gold medal in women's 10-meter air rifle. And at just 19 years old, she was the youngest female to ever bring home the first gold medal of the Olympic Games. She also set a new Olympic record during that time with her final score of 208.0. Wow, amazing. The 2021 Olympic shooting team includes several members who have passed through CMP's event doors over the years, including pistol competitors Alexis Lagan, Sandra Updegraft, and James Hall, and air rifle competitors Allie Weiss and Lucas Kaczynski, among others. And of course, some of those have already been to the Olympics. Um, oh, there's also Mary Tucker of the University of Kentucky rifle team, Patrick Sunderman of the Army Marksmanship Unit, and Nick Maurer of the Army Reserve Team, who will all compete in three-position small bore. Incredibly, Maurer will also compete in air pistol at the same time, and he's the first athlete in Olympic history to compete in more than one discipline. It's just absolutely incredible. Good for you, Nick. And rounding out the small bore rifle team is Specialist Sajin Madalena of the Army Marksmanship Unit, who I had the absolute pleasure of speaking with before a trip to Tokyo. For those of you who may be unfamiliar with Specialist Madalena, she's a great example of what happens when you work hard for your dreams. We'll go over her long list of marksmanship accomplishments, but her most recent, of course, was securing a place on the U.S. Tokyo Olympic team. Sajin will be making her Olympic debut as a member of the small rifle team and is also the second alternate in air rifle, which is actually her favorite discipline, but we'll talk more about that with her later. A California native, Sajin started her marksmanship career as a junior, first on the 22 rifle at her local 4-H, and then moving on to service rifle with the California Grizzlies junior team. It was while on that team that she connected with a number of influential individuals who would ultimately help put her on the path to success. As a member of the Grizzlies, she traveled to Camp Perry in Ohio to attend the famous national matches, where she was able to see the Army Marksmanship Unit in action for the first time on the firing lines. It was during that experience that she sort of put a pin in her mind that maybe that was something she could do one day. Her California Grizzlies coaches also told her about the possibilities that could come with marksmanship, including a college degree and possibly even a spot on the Olympic stage. Huh, imagine that. Sajin wanted it all, so she got connected with the University of Alaska Fairbanks, where she became a member of the school's NCAA rifle team. There, she was an eight-time All-American athlete and even secured a place on the World Championship team in 2014 and 2018. In 2019, she enlisted in the Army Marksmanship Unit, where she has already set a few national records of her own. Now, she's taking on her greatest challenge yet in Tokyo. Of course, she'll create even more remarkable memories there, but let's get a deeper look into how she came to the place she is today. Here's my conversation with Specialist Sajin Madalena, 2021 U.S. Olympic team member. Hey, Sajin, how are you? Good. First of all, thank you so much for um, taking the time to do this for us. I'm so excited. I've really been looking forward to it. So um, I'm sure you've just been in, you know, a frenzy of interviews lately and deservedly so, right? All right. So are you ready to go ahead and, and jump in and do it? Sure. Yeah, let's go. Great. So 
Um, I, I've watched you at, at many of our CMP events, and I've probably talked to you in passing, but I'm really looking forward to, to getting to know you more as a person a little more right now. So um, where did you grow up and how did you develop an interest in marksmanship? I grew up in Tuolumne County in a small town called Groveland. Uh, it's in California, um, Northern California. Um, for people who don't know, it's really close to Yosemite National Park. So I was pretty much grew up. Um, my backyard was the Sierra National Forest. So wow, cool. um, I was outside all the time. Um, and I learned I learned a lot about nature in that sense. Um, I grew up homeschooled uh, and also went through a charter program. So a lot of what I did was um, either with a a select group of kids or kind of just became, I became very individual. Um, And with that, I didn't do many sports and I wanted to do sports, but I didn't have the opportunity to. Um, And so through the 4-H program, uh, I raised livestock and did all, did all the 4-H stuff. Um, but the opportunity came forward of a local 22 program, um, through 4-H, uh, kind of coexisted with that program. And so I signed up at like, I'm going to say I was, so I was young. Um, I think I was around 13. Um, when I first tried, marksmanship um so i didn't shoot before i think i shot the first time i shot was when i was was nine so um i wasn't too young when i started just kind of Uh, doing hunting and that kind of thing or just going out and shooting for fun or just uh really uh just for the knowledge of it i didn't do i didn't i wasn't a hunter um later on in life i did some but uh, my grandpa showed me how to how to shoot um, with gun safety and, and stuff. And we kind of joked around about being competitive in it, but it wasn't until I joined the 22 program, um, is when I really kind of, I guess it just kind of clicked. I really enjoyed it. I wasn't good at it. (laughs) I was in no sense good or natural. People say I had natural talent. I just worked really hard (laughs) because I wanted to beat the boys and, 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 try and win uh in the events that that kind of my age group um and i grew from there that was kind of like i guess you could say a farmer's team for the service rifle team the california grizzlies um was a they are a service rifle team for juniors to learn um rifle safety get get to compete at camp perry ohio um that was the big deal for us uh and so that was the next program I joined was the California Grizzlies. Um, and from there, it's just, I mean, it was, the hook was set. I was, I was latched on. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, I guess you could say that was kind of the start of it was me with a 22 outside once a week, trying to learn how to shoot prone and, and, aiming at a wall, learning how to shoot standing and just kind of growing from there. Very cool. So um, you said you started as a junior with the Grizzlies, which is uh, definitely one of our more well-known junior clubs that we have at a bunch of our matches. Um, How did you initially get connected with them? How did you even learn about them or find out about them? 
Sure. So with the 22 program um, that I, that I tried through 4-H, it was the Grizzlies, the junior Grizzlies who were the R the safety officers, um, the range officers um, for that program. And they, they would get down and teach, they would get down beside, you know, the kids and, and teach them about trigger control and side alignment and breathing. And, and there was the, the head um, kind of teacher who, who taught a class before we would walk into the range, you know, they'd take a select amount of us and walk us into the range and we'd shoot our paper targets or uh, 20 shots and then walk out. It was, it was the highlight of my week every week. That's, <laughs> that's what I remember, but it was the Grizzlies that really did the one-on-one teaching with the kids. And so right away they were, I looked up to them um, like shooters, like Lee Botton and Chad Kurgan. Like I was like, man, I want to be like those guys. They're, they're cool. Like they know how to shoot. And from that 22 program, I just advanced to the program until I got a phone call. Um, and they were like, Hey, do you want to come try out for the California Grizzlies? It's a different, uh, different set of equipment. Uh, but we want to give you a, give you a chance to try out. And my goodness, I will, I was there. I was like, yes, yes, I do want to try out. <laughs> Uh, so that's how I got involved with the Grizzly team. Very cool. And who, who, uh, was coaching at the time when you were on, on that team? So Robert Taylor, I'm sure you know him. Mm-hmm. He, he was coaching the Grizzlies at the time. Um, but it was Steve Finnegan who, um, uh, was running the 22 program at that time. And he was the one that, that called and told me, Hey, you know, you need to be at the range on this day to shoot with the California Grizzlies. And so I was like, okay. Um, so Steve Finnegan uh, kind of gave me that chance, but it was Robert Taylor, who's um, even now is, is some, it, he's definitely uh, one of the, I can't say I've had so many great mentors, um, but I always will and always have looked up to him because of the example he set uh as a coach very cool um so you you touched on this a little bit um you attended some cp events as a junior with the california grizzlies um you said camp perry what was that like when did you first get to go to camp perry and 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 was that something you were just kind of like wow i'm finally getting to go to camp perry and all that or or what are some of the, the big events that you were um excited to take part in as a as a grizzly well, 2009 was the first chance that I got to go to Camp Perry, Ohio. And it was two weeks. I, yeah, it was two weeks before we were getting on a plane to go to Camp Perry, Ohio. And I got in a horse accident. Oh, no. um, and <laughs> my goodness, I was fine. I was like dry eyed. Like I had ripped my shoulder apart, dislocated it, broke it, did a whole bunch, like it needed surgery. I was fine until the doctor came in and told me that I couldn't go to Camp Perry in two Uh, weeks. And that's that's when I started bawling. I was like, no. (laughs) Um, So 2010 was my first debut debut, um, in Camp Perry, Ohio with the California Grizzlies. And that was such a great experience um, because it's eye-opening. Like you... For us, you, we shoot it at local. Well, we shot at local matches, Kalinga, Ione, where you see, you know, 15, 20 people. But then 
at the time, you know, we went to Camp Perry, Ohio, and there were hundreds of people. And it was like, this is, this is amazing. Mm. This is so cool. Like it was, it was, it was a blast, but also for the chance to compete kind of at that high level. Um, that was my favorite part. And we always enjoy seeing the Grizzlies. It's such a, such a great group of, of uh, juniors to, to watch. And we really do watch them come back and just, they seem to do better and better. And um, yeah, just, it's just such a, such a neat thing to watch them grow as, as athletes and, and as people. Um, so those were certainly some developmental years I'd imagine for you. Um, what are some of the important lessons that you picked up from, uh, your experience on the team? Um, I just, I got a taste of how, of what it was like to be, um, to, to set an example and be a team leader as, as team captain. I I grew up in, in ended up getting that role towards the end of my service rifle career and just learning to how to, I am still learning, but how to communicate (laughs) with, with different personalities and to, um, motivate and to keep teamwork, keep the team together and, and do things as a team. I learned, um, many lessons on that. Um, I think that's that's the biggest takeaway is yeah. just the the leadership role of of keeping a team or at least acting on what you say, I think is a big one is just, you know, try to set example, set an example with what I do just as much as what I say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, and it's so interesting, um, though, you know, what you're saying, it's it's not just something that only you know, that just applies to marksmanship. These are things that are, that are life lessons that apply and you've been able to, able to carry on with you. And I think that's such an interesting part of, of the sport of marksmanship is, is not the things that you, you know, what, just what you learn on the firing line is it's what you can carry off of the firing line. And I think that's, that, that's such a cool thing that you got to, got to experience all that with them. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's the journey part of it is, even now, like people see what you do on competition day, they, a lot of people don't get the opportunity to see what teams do out of competition. Um, and the Grizzlies were very good and still are, I think very good at, at that unity as a team and the team building aspect and the team training aspect. And, and sometimes just getting together. I remember we would go bowling as a team, just get away from the range and, and do that. Um, and that's a big part of wait, what makes those teams come together is when they can become when they can be a team on the range just as much as they are off the range and vice versa. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So um, you traveled up the Pacific Coast and went on to attend the University of Alaska Fairbanks, right? That's right. Um, so how did you uh, get up there? How did you get on that team? Well, uh Robert Taylor and uh, Sean McKenna gave me kind of put the bug in my head of you can continue to be a service rifle shooter or you can expand um, your profession and learn how to shoot collegiately. And and it was they were the ones that said, hey, you might even have a chance to go to the Olympics. And I was like, Olympics. Mm -hmm. Huh. Okay. Um, (laughs) And so a lot of credit to those two guys as when it comes to kind of opening the door. Um, but then it was all, I guess it was a lot of it was me going out 
and working. I worked for an extra summer. I didn't go to college right away. I earned enough money to buy an air rifle. So I bought my first air rifle, which I actually still use some of it, some of the same parts today. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, and I borrowed a 22. So I, I borrowed this 22. And to me, it's like, I looked at this car like, oh, this thing's so fancy. It was literally just a stock 22. <laughs> wood, wood stock, just standard, standard gun. Um, uh, but during that time, I was in contact with the coach at Alaska Fairbanks, Dan Jordan, um, mainly because what I saw on the team through the internet and, and through just contacting the coach was that if I had the opportunity to go to that team, they would push me to be better. I would be the low man on the totem pole and I would have to work to, to get to the top. And that's what I wanted. I wanted a team that was going to make me work. Um, and also it had the the education that I was looking for. Um, at the time I was uh, looking into forestry. I ended up mm. majoring in natural resource management um, up there and minoring in forestry. So with, with the cards all on the table, like I finally got a phone call from, or an email, it was a phone call or an email from coach Jordan. And he offered, uh, he offered me a slot on the team as kind of a walk on. And that's what it was. It was just, Hey, you get a chance. You can, you can walk on the team, show me what you got, get a chance to train with us. And then, um, maybe you can earn, you know, scholarship money after or scholarships after, after that. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yes, I will, <laughs> would love to walk on. Um, and I didn't even visit. I didn't go up there for a visit. I just latched on once I got the okay. I was like, all right, I'm going to sign up for classes. My mom and I flew up to Alaska, uh, got into a dorm. And as soon as I got access to the range, it was like, that's where I lived. It was hard to kick me off because I was, <laughs> I was there to train, um, specifically because I had only shot one air gun match in my life before going to Alaska. And with 22 competition, all I had for experience was um, the 22 program. And I had also competed at um, Camp Perry, I think nationals that year in 22. And that was my first 22 match um, for like a small bore three by 20 type setup. So very inexperienced. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, I was not about to stay inexperienced. I was, I was definitely uh, put myself in gear and started training right away. Wow. So what's it like, um, that transition from high power to air rifle? Are they, is it something that, that you can, um, pick up fairly quickly or did, did you find it difficult to, to do that? Well, it was, it was definitely difficult, mm -hmm. but with that, I had a very open mind and I still do, but that kind of that, that growth mindset of taking what I, what I knew from service rifle, but then having that clean slate to move forward and learn how to shoot air rifle and, and small bore. Um, so nothing really held me back. There was no issues that I had to work through, um, except I shot quick. I was a quick shooter, especially when I was on my feet shooting standing. Um, I'd, I'd see the center and I'd execute. And that's something that I learned as a, as a service rifle shooter. You see the center, you, you execute the shot. Um, and so I had to, I spent a long time on SCAT, a training system, just learning what my hold looked like and learning how to like the characteristics of my hold and, and to make sure not to shoot it too quick and to let it form. 
Um, so I think I'd say that was the one thing I had to grow through as a service rifle shooter. As I'm, as I'm saying that the other thing is clicking my sights the correct direction. <laughs> I, there are some days like we're shooting the team match. Now I'm, I'm on, you know, the international rifle team at the AMU. And there's sometimes we're shooting a team match and the coach says, all right, give me two clicks left. I'd be like, okay, quick, quick. I wrong direction. <laughs> I have it written all over my sites, which way is left, which way is right up, down, all that stuff. So, wow. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so in, in Alaska, when you were up there, um, so was it always the goal on this team, um, to be obviously, you know, training as a member of the team and, and wanting to do well as, as a team member, as in, as an individual athlete on that team. But did you always have it in your head? Like, this is just my step to the Olympics or, or what were your goals while you were in, in college? My goal in college, I had, so I had different tasks, like a list that I, that I was wanted to check off, um, as I grew, um, world championship team member. I wanted to set a national record and I wanted to get on the Olympic team, but, uh, those are kind of the big goals that I had as a college athlete. Um, but every season I had things like, okay, I wanted to be the, the top of the list on aggregate. So I wanted to have the highest aggregate of the NCAA season. So I'd have goals like that. Um, and I'd have small uh, outcome goals when it came to like, okay, I wanted to shoot a, um, a 600 in air rifle, which I never actually had the opportunity to do that. Um, but it was a drive for me, like a, a goal that I had. Um but looking back, it's it's grown more than just becoming a member of the Olympic team. Like now it's like, OK, I want to be the best that I can be. and I want to be able to compete at my very best. Um, and when it comes to goals like going to the Olympics, it's like, OK, I want to go to the Olympics. And I want if I compete at the level that I know I'm at, I can win a medal. And so it's kind of putting those types of goals in my mind. Um, but when I was younger in college, they were much more broad. Um, and, but they still were a driver for sure. They were still a put a fire under my butt. Mm -hmm. And talk a little bit about, um, being in Alaska. That is such beautiful country up there. Um, what kind of exploring did you get to do up there? If any, (laughs) uh, sure. Um, I did do exploring, but the first thing that came into mind is I would, wake up from you know get up early probably around a lot of times I woke up around 5 36 if I remember right because I worked out early in the morning I did a workout I'd go to class um and all of this a lot of this was walking so it's it's cold and you're all bundled up Mm -hmm. hobbling to class with layers on and then I'd hobble down to the, the the range and train and Um, then I'd, you know, sometimes I'd go get lunch, but a lot of times it was just, there was always something to do. There was always schoolwork, there was always studying, and there was always training that needed to be done. And then mixed into that was recovery time, um, fitness and sleep. Uh, and so a lot of days I never saw the sunshine, like the sun come (laughs) up, um, especially when the winter, winter came by, like I'd be down in the basement where our range was training and be like, whew, I need a break. So I'd put the gun down and walk up the stairs 
and look out the window and the sun would be cresting in the hot, like mm-hmm. cresting the hill and getting ready to go back down. I'm like, ah, <laughs> all right, it's all the sun for the day. <laughs> go back downstairs. Um, so there wasn't a lot of downtime for exploring, but the exploring that I did was for me, I'd, I'd uh, hop in my little 88 Toyota pickup um, and <laughs> get the heater going and, and drive down like 30 minutes out of Fairbanks um, and put my snowshoes on and I'd go grouse hunting. Um, oh, wow. And that, that gave me an opportunity to kind of go outside and walk around and, and um, get some fresh air uh, while I was there. That's cool. Um, so continuing on after college then, um, you decided to join the Army Marksmanship Unit, which is where you are now. Um, how did you become interested in being part of that unit and um, how did you become involved, essentially? Uh, well, it started with the California Grizzlies and Camp Perry, Ohio as a service rifle shooter. Um, we saw the Army Marksmanship Unit and they set, for me, they set an impression of people who were very um, professional and very good at what they did. And I was like, if I continue to compete, I want to go there and compete because they're the best in the world. Um, but as I grew in the sport and picked up air rifle and, and um, the 22, uh, I just pretty much just switched my, vi- my, my view from service rifle to international rifle. And, uh, really it was just going to, um, the local matches, I think. No, no, I remember now it was in 2013, uh, coach Jordan, Dan Jordan, um, told me, Hey, you, you really should sign up for this selection match down at Fort Benning, um, for air rifle. And so at the time I was a red shirt and I didn't have a chance to compete with the team at all that year. And he wanted me to get to have an opportunity to compete at least, um, uh, once during the college season. And so I signed up for it and I was, I was super stoked because I got to come to Fort Benning and that's where the service rifle team was. And, and actually some of my, some of my teammates, my good friends were already down here on the service rifle team. So I, um, funded a trip down to Fort Benning to shoot an air rifle match. And that's when I met some of the international rifle team and got to explore what it was like being on the, the range here. So that opened up the doors. Um, and the awesome thing about that is I did, I had no idea that it was a selection match for world championships and I came in third and earned a spot on the team for the world championships for air rifle. And I had been shooting air rifle for not even 12 months. Wow. Looking back at that, that was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Um, so what is your, what is your training schedule like? Um, any any given week it is well right now it is definitely more small bore focused um monday through wednesday is uh primarily small bore and i'll be on the range by eight um so monday 
uh, is my scat training day. So I, I train on a scat system where I dry fire and I will also live fire, but be more focused on the, on the scat and what's going on with my hold characteristics. And if there's any small changes that I'd like to try, um, or that I'm building within my positions, Monday is the day to do it. Um, so I'll do, um, kneeling prone standing. I'll do all three throughout the day. Usually I'm done by two. Um, it's one of my longer days. Um, and then after that, guns get put away, cleaned up. I'll go do a workout. Um, I do a lot of kind of, uh, like with weightlifting and to help with stamina, stabilizer muscles. Um, and so kind of that at least three times a week, I'm doing something with weight to really, uh, build the body physique and, and to help with kind of give the mind something else to focus on. Tuesdays is my more either time in position or quality shots downrange. So I'm working on the process. Most of the times it's just with slings, prone and kneeling. Like today, I put down a lot of, I won't say I put down a lot of rounds, but I put in a lot of hours or a couple hours at least in each position, prone and, and kneeling, just doing the process, um, doing up downs, which means shoot in position, then get up and get back down, try to find the position again, shoot some more. Uh, Wednesday will be my, uh, three by 40 and final training. So I'll shoot a three by 40 and train finals. And then Thursday is an easy day. So that gives me an opportunity to get my air rifle out. Um, if I need to, I can shoot a little bit of small board, but it's just going to be a little bit, um, not much because I, I don't want to over train. Um, mm -hmm. and Friday will be my air gun day. Uh, and Saturday, I'll either do like a, an air gun match, like a record day or do some sort of competitive, um, training, uh, and Sunday's off Sunday. I get the kayak out and I go fishing because I don't need to shoot seven days a week. Uh, sometimes I don't need to shoot six days a week. Sometimes I take Saturday off too. But the the training plan that I have now, um, it does follow kind of a periodization plan of of how, in, how intense it is and, or how much endurance goes into it, um, depending on when the matches are. But I really tend to follow that. That specific training plan has been um, very beneficial, uh, cause it's not, it's a routine and that's what I need. I need that routine, like the ritual of this is what I'm doing today, knowing that it can, I can be flexible with it. Um, that's important, but having that routine really helps see the improvement. Um, cause shooting can be monotonous, I guess is a good way to put it. Like putting rounds down range one after the other. Um, it's important to see the improvement through it. Mm -hmm. And how often do you um, get to compete and uh, travel to different matches? Well, uh, right now with, because of the situation we're in um, with, with COVID-19, it's not, I mean, of course it's different. We're not able to get out and travel as much. Uh, right. Before COVID-19 hit, uh, I was just getting into more local matches. Um, definitely going down to Aniston for Airgun, trying to do that once a month for the local match. Uh, I had just started right before COVID. I went to Griffin. There was a local match there. And I started shooting prone matches too, just local prone matches. Um, 
And by doing those small competitions, it just, for me, it kind of, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the stress level is a little lower, but the, the competition's still there. Like I'm still trying to shoot my very best. Um, so I enjoy those, enjoy those small local matches. Um, but for bigger matches, we, we definitely go to, or, um, well, I say we like the AMU, all of the, the national matches that go on and we go to all the selection matches to, um, try and get on the world, world cup teams and world championships team teams. Cool. So I guess let's go ahead and, and talk about, um, you know, one of the pinnacle points of your career so far, which is your Olympic debut. Um, first of all, how excited are you right now? Uh, (laughs) The excitement level hasn't really changed actually, which is Mm -hmm. weird. Um, once we were done with trials, it was kind of just, there was nothing special about it. No, like Mm -hmm. throw the hands up in the air or be super happy or, or go home and, you know, be super excited about it. It was like, okay, I am, I got my ticket to Tokyo. Now it's time to prepare for that. So I think it's just, I'm excited because I get to shoot a competition that is, I mean, one of the biggest competitions there. Well, it is the biggest competition in, in the world every four years. So that and, and world championships. So I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. excited to get that opportunity. Absolutely. And um, talking about, about, you know, punching your ticket to Tokyo, you made second alternate for air rifle, right? Yes. Um, what was that like? Did you kind of, were you excited or was it kind of, you know, a little, disappointment or or how did you feel about that i was angry i was angry Mm -hmm. with myself but looking back i was just i wasn't prepared i it wasn't my time um because i was prepared as i could be um but it just it it wasn't my time and it was it was upsetting to to uh see my performance kind of take a dive when it needed to um, when I needed to pull through, uh, but in the end it, it did open more doors of training opportunities and seeing where my weaknesses were and building on those, um, weaknesses. And, and one of those was just kind of the, the, the ability to stay present and just take action and be in control of myself during the competition. And that's, that's something I needed to learn the hard way. Uh, and I, I'd say I, I I learned it. (laughs) I learned that lesson. Um, yeah. And did you, did, did that whole experience kind of really motivate you even more knowing that small board could still be a possibility going into those trials? Were you thinking about everything you had taken from air rifle? Well, you see, I love air rifle. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to shoot small board just so that I could shoot air rifle. So in college, uh, because we have to shoot both guns, I was like, well, I have to be good at, at small board to be able to shoot air gun. So of course I'm going to train small board, but I love air gun. And so <laughs> I, I just have to laugh at it because I'm an, I'm an air gun shooter. And 
here comes small boy over here kind of just nudging its nose in and being like, nope, we're <laughs> going to put air gun to the side right now and you're going to give me attention. So <laughs> wow. I still love air gun, um, but I'm giving small boy attention and <laughs> we're going to work on that now. So yeah, you probably should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, kind of talking about that, giving that attention. Um, COVID hit right in the middle of of the Olympic trials. It seemed like um, where these, you know, everything was shut down and, and events were were um, canceled and all that. How did that affect your training and your focus? Going, knowing that you still had trials to shoot. Oh, um, I knew that it was a situation that we all had to deal with. So it wasn't just something that was happening to one person. It happened to all of us in our preparation for trials. And so I had to look at it that way and just um, take the fact like, hey, I, I can't train right now. Okay, let's recover. Let's let's make sure I get my sleep in, nutrition in and workout in if I can't get range time. And then it was once range time opened up, it was like, okay, I need to stay focused, but continue to recover, eat healthy and work out and get my sleep. Um, and so I think overall it was the, um, even though as devastating as COVID was and still is, it was a good thing for me to, to, to grow from and learn about because it gave me a chance to recover and kind of see things in a different way. The big thing was, is I probably wouldn't have been as prepared as I am now or was for trials, if trials was a year ago, um, it was because of the extra year that allowed me to really get in more record days, improve my score, improve my confidence. Um, so that I think that that definitely helped me uh, at Olympic trials. You did what you could. Yes. Yes. All right. So then going back to small more trials even though you weren't super excited about it because you're an air rifle shooter <laughs> um in that day came you know that finally that, that that final day came what was going through your mind as you were re preparing for the firing line that day oh my goodness i'm so nervous That's, <laughs> that is it right there so the first mm -hmm. day by the time I got done shooting, I was more nervous than when I started shooting. And then I had to carry that into the next day. But mm -hmm. however, I didn't just sit and stew on it. I, I did a, a small light workout. I took an ice bath. I ate really good that night. I went to bed early and it gave me a chance to just kind of continue to put the match in perspective and be like, okay, I am seven points ahead of the next shooter. Um, but that shooter is a very good shooter. So I need, like, I, I put everything in perspective. I faced it all and I made sure like even going into the first day, I was like, okay, I am in like fourth or fifth place. I need to catch. I am coming from behind. I am the underdog. However, like I was like, okay, this is what I shoot in training. This is what I have been shooting. This is my average. I just need to shoot my process. I can do this. And that's that's what I really leaned on is knowing that I had the ability. And so that confidence and that control really it, in no way, it did not put the nerves aside. It just helped me to to really 
deal with the nerves and that excitement for the opportunity. And so when the second day rolled around, I remember standing there um, before they called us to the line and just, I took this huge deep breath and it was like, and it's like, okay, in a couple hours, this will all be done. And, And it's like, because I had faced the information of how much points I needed, what my average score was, what my ability was, my confidence level, and that control, it allowed me to just walk up to the line when they called athletes to the line and just go to work, take action. Um, and definitely the second day, by the time the second day was done, I, the nerves were, the nerves were gone. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. Just went out there and shot and did your thing then, huh? Yes. But because of a lot of help from other people who had to deal with me calling them being like, oh my goodness, I'm so nervous. What do I do? <laughs> yes. Wow. And then that, that moment when you realized you had actually accomplished, accomplished everything that you had set out to do, what was, what was that like? Big smile. I remember I had a big smile on my face and that's pretty rare when it comes to sage and shooting on the line. Like usually it's, it's <laughs> serious or funny face or something because I have very weird facial expressions. People say when I'm shooting, but and I got done and it's just a, a big smile and it's kind of almost like a, I won't say it wasn't really a wave of, of, it was not a wave of relief. It was something else. And I can't really put a name to it. It's almost like one step down and you know, look to the next step yeah kind of kind of thing the work's not done yet yes correct did you did you call anybody and all those people that you said you were nervous did you call them up and be like all right i didn't have a reason to be nervous (laughs) well one of them was there ended up showing up and that was pretty cool um because they came up and they congratulated me and they're like i know i knew you could do it i'm like yeah i know thank you so much um (laughs) but uh I I texted my mom. I got on my phone and I texted her. I was like, I did it. I did it, mom. And she got all excited because I didn't. Um, for me, when I get done competing, it's really hard to just get on the phone and talk because I am not a talker. Um, and so I just sent her a quick text and told her that I did it. And um, and then we talked later on. Um, so you've made a team. You've accomplished what you set out to do. You have kind of talked about this, but um what what are you doing now to prepare from now until until that time when you have to leave i am sticking with the training plan i am yeah exactly that is stick with the training plan when my days are come up for recovery i'm going to recover continue to um with the nutrition plan continue with the fitness plan and to face anything that comes up mentally like that excitement level or anything that comes up that's oh I have no idea like the uncertainty is trying um to always control what I can control and let go what I cannot control and know what the things are that I cannot control and know what the things are that I can control and that's that's what my job is um have you ever been to to Tokyo I have not no Ah. and what are you looking forward to uh soaking up from your experience out there <laughs> i am looking forward to getting on the range and getting rounds down range that is that is where my focus is so mm-hmm. yeah going for the gold not turning back huh no no i mean i'm curious to see what the olympic village is going to be like and i mean i just hope i don't have a neighbor that's noisy because this girl likes her sleep so <laughs> <laughs> yeah very cool and just a general question what is it about 
marksmanship that you enjoy so much? What keeps you motivated so much? Uh, there's two things. Um, one is the progression of it. I enjoy seeing the progress that hard work puts out. But those progress steps keep getting smaller and smaller the better I get. So the other thing that motivates me is the opportunity that shooting allows for me to get into the scientific word for it is flow. Like when you are fully aware and just being in the moment. And for me, that's what shooting allows me to get into that state. And it's not something that I can force myself into. So it's not something that I can do all the time. But because shooting allows me to get there and it, it's to me, it's it's addicting because it's it's like, I don't know, it's like the perfect dance um, when when you're out there in the way that the, the process kind of flows with the rhythm and, and shot and the the competition between me and the conditions and the flags, the wind flags and just you can feel the wind come up and, and how do you, you react to that? And it's not thinking, it's doing, just being in that moment and shooting, like physically, the, the physical act of competing. Uh, that is what drives me every day. Well, I'm sure we could just keep talking forever about all you've done in your career and everything you're about to do, but um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So um, do you have any final thoughts or anything before we let you go and prepare for Tokyo? Um, not necessarily just, uh, I definitely want to do the very best that I can do, prepare the very best that I can and, and make my, <laughs> the small Tuolumne County proud and the country proud and definitely represent the army and, and the United States. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the opportunity that that, uh, allows me to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I speak for everyone when I say that we'll all be cheering you on and, we're all very proud to have you represent our country. So enjoy yourself out there and uh, good luck. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'd like to give another special thank you to Sajin and the Army Marksmanship Unit for allowing us to speak with her. We truly enjoyed getting a special look into her journey thus far, and we're really excited to see what she'll do from here. To wrap up, I just want to give a quick shout out to all of the members of Team USA. We'll be here at home watching you and cheering you all on. And you've already made us so, so proud. So go out there and do your thing. We're here for you. And thank you, the listeners, for all of your support. We'll be back again soon with another look into the world of marksmanship and the people and programs that make it so interesting. I'll talk to you soon. Be safe, everyone.